Hello and welcome to Dateline New Haven and WNHHFM. I'm your host, Paul Bass, inviting you to look behind the headlines on the stories that make our community tick. It's Thursday. It's headlines and baselines. That means we take the latest headlines from the New Haven Independent, New Haven's source of local news. Tell you a little bit about it, a little bit what I think about it, and then turn on the music that's inspired by it. First headline, Bartlett's back with a posse. Jason Bartlett run a bunch of mayoral campaigns, used to be state rep. He was city youth director, <clears throat> got knocked out of power. Now he kind of rounds up people to run for offices who challenge the establishment. And he's got a whole bunch of them now. 15 or 16 of them going to run for a job you might not think much about in your daily life. Ward co-chair. The parties in New Haven pick two people in each of our 30 wards to be the chairperson of that ward. Now, people have jobs often feel they're important, and they do matter. Most of the rest of the city doesn't really know what they do. And technically, they don't do a lot. They show up at conventions, which are once a year, maybe twice a year. And they vote for whom the party will endorse to run for municipal offices like mayor and alder, state offices like representative, senator, governor, comptroller. So they get wooed a lot. And uh, But in truth, you could do more with it. You become sort of the influences in a party that runs the city. New Haven is a democratic city. It's the official state religion to be a Democrat if you want to get anything done. We do have a lot of unaffiliated voters now, but no real Republicans, although they have ward committees too. And uh, so people don't usually compete for these offices. In fact, it's hard to find someone to do it because you got to put all this volunteer time and some annoying stuff and show up at these late meetings. It's not like being an alder. It's not that kind of level of work. But when there are elections, if you're a good ward chair, like they're great ones in Ward 25, where I am, they round up people to vote. They round up people to volunteer in elections. They say, we think it's really important that, let's say, we have a Democratic congressperson or governor, and so they want to have some say in which person gets nominated. And then they send people on the street to round up the vote so they can try to win. It's sort of the most grassroots of grassroots democracy. So Jason Bartlett has put together a team to challenge the people in power within the Democratic Party. So sometimes there are elections between parties. Then within parties, when a party runs government, there's a fight for its soul. Even if it doesn't, like nationally, we see that in presidential primaries, Republicans, Democrats. So Bartlett rounded up more than a half dozen people to get petitions and say, I want to run for ward coach here. And they're going to be running against people who already have that job and or are supported by the people running. He's identifying it as, this is a tricky thing when you want to take it. This is the first time in 12 years we've had a real slate of people, like what's one or two people who run for something. But now we have a slate of people that's last time in 12 years ago when the Unite Here unions at Yale put together a labor slate of people with a progressive vision, issues they like, pro-labor, hold Yale to account, community policing, affordable housing. And they first took control of the Board of Alders as a slate, which made a lot of sense. People think that's like some evil conspiracy. Actually, in politics, building a team around a set of ideas and values is actually how democracy should work. It's a good thing. The real challenge isn't that somebody wins and then gets in power. The challenge is having enough different teams so that voters get a chance to hear different ideas and vote for an idea, not just a personality, right? So they settled in, the challengers took over the party, and then they became the establishment. Nobody challenges them. And that's Bartlett's point. So the people he has running, he said, you don't have to sign a list of issues you're for, but they're all basically saying, we think there should be on a different set of issues, you know, 
some challenge to people in charge. Some people, they don't like the airport on the East Shore. And whenever you build a coalition, right, you get some people who might think different things from each other, right? They, they're, they're united saying we want the in people out or challenged, but I'm not sure if it would say we don't want expanded airport the way that people do on Morris Cove or running. Other people say we want better schools. Everyone wants better schools. They say we think we should be more attention to it. Some people think there should be better fiscal management of the city. So those are some of the issues uh, they have. And so he said, it's tricky because New Haven's a pro-union city. Jason Bartley, the organizer, is a teamster. But in truth, you're going up against the, a union that runs a city. And people always talk about the unions or the machine. Politics is really a set of machines of people who coalesce to act, coalesce to act as a group to pull each other up to win. Now that's called machine politics dating back to, I'd say, you know, the 20th century, starting early in the middle century, where they could dole out if it, you, the machine that ran the city didn't just win elections, but they paid attention to ward elections, including co-chair in a way they really don't today to this level because they were really very conscious of using government to enrich themselves so who got to get what contracts without a bid that they shouldn't get from government and make money on a personal deal or who should get their friend a job whether or not they're the best friend best person for the job and you know as late as the 80s and 90s people could hold up government for that if like someone a town chair let's say didn't like someone wasn't going to get a job in a certain they would shut down government functioning in a neighborhood until they got their way. I'm not saying none of that goes on today, but that's what people say when they don't like machine politics. It gets confused with the idea of you can have a progressive idealistic machine of a team of 50 people who work hard in each ward to try to get people elected to smaller offices to get an agenda they want. So it's a confusing language. And when you're going against this machine, you're going against a pro-union machine and New Haven's a pro-union city. So Bartlett said, quote, Unite Here has done great things. This isn't about being against union. But then they're saying we don't like the special interest agenda. The special interest they mean is labor. So you can do what that they will. Vincent Morrow, the Democratic town chair, second generation Democratic chair, said, this is great. We should have competition. But then he stuck the knife. He said, you know, we had this. We had a competitive a primary and general election in 2023 for mayor, and we killed them. And all these kind of people run now. They lost. They didn't even come close. Tom Goldenberg read from Ray Hughes. They were at that group yesterday running this New Haven Challenge agenda. We creamed you guys. And he said, it's because we have the most stable and best run city in the state. We'll take that as you will. All I know is when you bring in the posse, you got to come ready to fight and compete. So when Jason Bartlett brings his posse, we thought we would have him maybe to inspire him or some advice to hear about Sir Mix-a-Lot's posse on Broadway. Hey, check this out, man. You nasty next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's help you this afternoon. Hey, check this out. My name is Sir Mixlet. I got a jam posse on Broadway from yeah, AOP yeah. Swats, man. Uh -huh. Sir Mixlet, huh? I'm sorry, gentlemen. We don't play rap music here. We play real music. You have to take your record. <laughs> to keep you suckers tripping everybody's looking if you're jealous turn around the amd kick keeps us closer to the ground we're getting good grip from the 50 series tires the alpines bumping but i need the volume higher cause the 808 kick drum makes a girlies get 
done with rolling Rainier And the jealous wanna get some Every time we do this like I MCs wanna battle I'm the man they love to hate The J.R.U. Wing of Seattle Pick up the posse on 23rd and Jackson Heading for the strip Yes, we're looking for some action The limo's kinda crowded The whole car was leaning back Maharaji's watching TV With two girlies on his lap On Martin Luther King The set looks kinda dead We need a new street So posse move ahead And we all look kinda swath The crew you can't forget The mix a lot Posse Cola ripping up the set My posse's on Broadway My posse's on Broadway Posse up My posse's on Broadway My posse's on Broadway my posse was getting kind of bored There's not another posse with more points scored We don't walk around like criminals or flex like big gorillas My homeboy kid sensation is the teenage lady killer Maharaji's on the deaf side dancing like a freak The girlies see his booty and the knees get weak Larry is the white guy, people think he's funny A real estate investor who makes a lot of money Clacking lots of dollars, we all got gold Cruising in his bins and ain't got no place to go Will in 23rd, we saw nothing but thugs The freaks look depressed because our bins won't stop. At 23rd and Union, the driver broke left. Kevin shouted, Broadway, it's time to get deaf. My girl blew me a kiss. She said I was the best. She's looking mighty freaky in a black silk dress. The closer that we get, the crazier I feel. My posse's on Broadway, it's time to get ill. My posse's on Broadway. Cruising Broadway and my wheels spinning slow Rolling with your posse is the only way to go The girlies by the college was looking for a ride We tried to pick them up but we had no room inside We put them on the trunk, we put them on the hood Some sat up with the driver, they made it feel good The posse's getting bigger, there's much too many freaks My muffler's dragging, my suspension's getting weak Now the freaks are getting hungry and mix a lot streeting We stopped at Taco Bell for some Mexican eating But Taco Bell was closed, the girls was on my they said, go back the other way, we'll stop and eat a dip. Dix is the place where the cool hang out. The swaths like to play and the rich flaunt clout. Posse to the burgers, stand so big we walk in twos. We're getting dirty looks from those other sucker crews. Kid Sensation dropped a 20 and didn't even miss it. Skeezer from another crew, she picked it up and kissed it. Her boyfriend's ill and he went to slap her face. My homeboy PLB, cold spray the boy with mace. Cause I never like to bump who beat up on his girl. If you don't have game, then let her leave your world. We took his girl with us, with him she rode the bus. She gave the boy the finger and the sucker starts to cuss. Boy, I got a posse, you got a bunch of dudes. You're broke, cold, crying about the rock man blues You beat up on your girl, and now you're all upset She's with the Mix-A-Lot posse on the Broadway set Yeah, that's Sir Mix-A-Lot with my posses on Broadway on K-N-E-S Sir Mix-A-Lot has a posse, so does Jason Bartlett in New Haven And that's what we're talking about in the headlines Baselines and WNHH New Haven's home for community radio. Here's another headline. Kensington Kids in Vision Park Renewal. I have to say that the story made me really happy to read by Laura Gillespie this week. And you want to talk about how you can make a difference opposing people in power. It doesn't always mean they're bad and you're good or they're right about everything. You're right about everything. The point they're making with Bartlett's posse is just good to have people who have different ideas about priorities in the community, what should be done, what works best. 
And Kensington Park, it's not much of a park, it's a playground. You have the Kensington Housing Development, it's not far from some larger parks. But it's a green space that wasn't used a lot by the community. On, on Kensington Street, it was often overrun by drug dealers, actually, people getting shot. But the city was going to sell that lot to a developer to build affordable housing, not gentrification, not luxury housing, affordable housing, pe- for housing for poor people, actually, and middle-income, middle-working-class people. And a group of neighbors said, we think you shouldn't get rid of playgrounds or parks, that kids need places to play, and that's just as important. And it wasn't that the people who wanted to sell it had some dirty deal going down. They said, we really need affordable housing. And that's a real priority. And that wasn't much of a park that other kids, places the kids to play. And the park people said, it's not one or the other. There are other places you could put that housing right nearby. And we do need that place to play. And we can make it more of a park. Well, the, the outsiders, the grassroots organizers won. They stopped the sale of the park. And in addition to knocking something down, they spent a lot of time, a proposal, not knocking something down. They spent a lot of time taught, from the beginning thinking about what the park could be. They didn't pretend all these kids were using the park. They brought kids to the park for events, bicycles, giving away bicycles, and going to train how to ride. But they also had a public meeting this week, including, and I give them credit for this, people like Taisha Walker, the alder, who had wanted it to be sold for housing, now came and said, okay, it's going to be a park. I want to work with you and hear how we can make it a nice park, a park that kids use. And they came. And 20 kids came. And Laura had a great article about how they spoke up and they had a lot to say and it was specific, it was fun, they were dreaming and it was realistic and city engineer Giovanni Zinn who makes these things happen said, we're gonna find the money and we're gonna do it. So they have an answer to Cat Stevens. When Cat Stevens asked, where did the children play? Day to day, 
but tell me, where do the children play? Scrapers fill the air till there's no more room up there. But where the children play, Cat Stevens asked, at the Kensington Street Playground, organizers have an answer. They play in the park on Kensington Street. You're listening to Headlines of Baselines, WNHHFM. Here's a headline from Nora Grace Flood. State sues UI for power plant passivity. You know, I was just talking about how complicated things sometimes are. And it's complicated to clean up environmental messes. It's not complicated that UI is like a skeezy, crappy, criminal, polluting, greedy company that gets our permission to make money from us from a monopoly from the government on electricity while they just take advantage of us and make their mess and pour PC, have PCBs leaching into the Q River and for decades not fixing it up even when they promised to. The story this week was about how years after they agreed they were going to clean this thing up, Years if they got a year if they got another two million dollar fine for not doing it. English station's still a mess. They still haven't cleaned up. And you, State Attorney General William Tong came there this week and said, "Now I've sued you and I'm seeking twenty five thousand dollars a day in fines when you still don't get this cleaned up." And you know what? That actually does add up to money before you know it. C.J. Chenier, Zydeco Master, was not at the press conference, but if he were. I think this is the song he would play in honor of UI and their ugly ways.
Ugly Ways What Goes Around Comes Around. That's not always good, says C.J. Janeer. That great bass vocal on the chorus. Ugly Ways, Ugly Ways. In the, you know, I think even though this was recorded years ago in another state, I think this could very well have been about the United Illuminating Company and their ugly ways that they still, decades later, since it was the City 6 power plant polluting last century, still haven't cleaned it up in the Mill River, the English Station power plant. They got ugly ways. I hope, I hate to be negative but i hope what goes around comes around and william Tong gets his way and they start the fines piling it up so that one day maybe their spanish-based owner notices on the balance sheet that the way you care about you don't care about what you're killing in our river and what you're killing in the possibilities of the revival of our neighborhoods in new haven might come on their register help welcome back to headlines and baselines wnhhfm 103.5 live streamed at new haven independent.org, or no, also WNHC.org. And uh, here's another headline from the week. Work begins on creating next-gen community schools. The Biden administration's Secretary of Education, who's a Connecticut native, 
or not, they grew up here, Miguel Cardona. He came to Fairhaven, the Fairhaven School, because they were celebrating. They really thanked kissing his butt. They didn't really say much of interest at the event there, kissing his butt. For good reason. They sent, he sent us $2.5 million, but the Congress also approved that money, so that we can create two community schools in Fairhaven. Family Academy Multilingual Exploration. <laughs> Can't believe that's the name of school. We call it FAME. That's the acronym. And Fairhaven School. It's a great idea, community schools. It means something in New Haven, and it's not just a vague term. It doesn't have to be. It's a completely vague term at the event. Nobody really thought about what it meant. But it means something for real, which is that a school is a place not just where the kids go to class, but where the doors are open before and after school. And people in the community come in those doors. Some of them come in to offer help, whether it's a rec program, healthcare, counseling, financial advice could be, or it could just be fun, like meetings of community groups. And then the kids hang out there afterwards, their parents hang out, and it becomes the center of a community that keeps it together. We experimented with the idea, we got federal money at one of these press conferences probably back in the 60s and 70s when we got money to do that, Catherine Brennan School at Condi School. Visiting Rosa Delora, our congresswoman, was there at this event this week. And she remembered that when Condi School got money to be a community school, she was there, she was younger than she's out of college, and she taught, maybe grad school, she taught at an after-school program there, teaching um, calligraphy and modern dance. So it's kind of easy to just say, here's money, we're going to turn something into community school. $2.5 million over five years does not create two community schools. It doesn't begin to, what's going to end up paying for is one person to be a coordinator at each school, and one person to be an assistant which is not the end of the world. I know it's going to talk a lot because they always talk a lot. And I know I make fun of that. And once in a while, it's worth talking most times. It's going to repeat the same old stuff and saying we need to have more meetings like this meeting rather than doing anything. But there's something real going on, which is you have dozens of groups, you know, at least more than a dozen groups in Fairhaven who do stuff that work with families. So how can we connect them to that, those schools? And kids need mental health help. They need tutoring help. They need just a place to hang out and fun. Their parents need places to do stuff. So I think it does make sense to hire someone to try to bring people in, especially, you know, Fairhaven School has that great vaudeville area auditorium that, and, and performance hall that we spend tons of money fixing up as part of our $2 billion fixing up our schools, but nobody uses it in the community. <laughs> I mean, Bergamo's used it once in a while. So that's the kind of thing that having, you know, a motivated person can make a difference, and I'm glad they're doing it. Griffith Beers is an excellent mental health agency, community agency that is getting the grant to work with the school system. Sarah Miller gets things done, understands community schools when I talk to her for sure. And she's going to be the point person for it. So let, let's, let's hope that um, it works and that it brings what the Afro-Semitic experience sings about. And it's a new single. The day after it came out, they were here in the studio. Warren Bird was. We talked about it. And what they're aiming for, while they need to spend more attention on a specific, a lot of times we just get money and say this is going to fix everything because we're going to have meetings and you know, of course, the school system there's no silos and all stuff. You can't disagree with that. It doesn't really mean much, but it can mean something. And what it can mean is what the Afro-Semitic experience sings about on their new single, inspired by a New Haven organization, and slogan, Unity in the Community. and brother who finally got it right let's face up each other black brown yellow blue white 
Afro-Samiga experience from their latest single here on Headlines and Baselines, WNHHFM. A lot of fun New Haven talented characters contributed to that. They made it a real unity in the community recording. And uh, you're listening to Datelines and Baselines on WNHFM. I'm your host, Paul Bass, looking behind the headlines on the independent with a little gloss, a little music inspired by them. Here's another headline in the same area. Everyone needs help, even the helpers. Jamil Ragland went to the nice... Food Pantry, that's a pop-up food pantry. You've been going on since 2016 in the Hill. 
one of the police substations, the one by Kimberly Square. And they, he was looking at who's hungry. A lot of people are hungry right now. Think, you know, think of all the food we have and all the wealth. It is, it is a, a sad thing. Although I do think that during the pandemic, all that bipartisan aid that flowed to the cities, we can all disagree about the last bit of aid under Biden and the impact of inflation, but no one can disagree that it was great the way we pulled together and made sure that so many people did not starve or lose their homes at the, during the pandemic's height. But you still think a lot of people need food and the, you know, that, all that help is over. One thing Jamil noticed, first of all, that in the Hill, more and more of the people who are coming and showing up needing food and sometimes clothes are immigrants from Venezuela and Ecuador. We know the Hill's always been the second largest, second main uh, Latino immigration hub after Fairhaven. And the other thing he found is that a lot of people need help or helpers. There are people with jobs, specifically people who work in schools. You know, paras make basically minimum wage. We had one guy who pointed out that when they raised the minimum wage, they forgot to raise the minimum wage for the paras. So they were earning less than minimum wage. They got their back pay. And I just think that's interesting that the way we don't focus on hunger and other day-to-day problems, because they're just there. They've always been there. They're, it's kind of a tight spot now for like in some neighborhoods, over 25 to sometimes 50%, according to surveys, are what are called food insecure. It doesn't mean every day you don't have food. It means that at least once in the month, someone's making a decision about rent or meal. And it's hard to put the food on the table. Which is, you know, some of us worry about like being too fat or having eaten the wrong foods. And you think about what a privilege that is. And you just need basic sustenance. And I just think nice, the uh, New Haven Inner City Enrichment Center Food Pantry, that's Jamila Rashid. What an amazing woman she is and what a fantastic thing she does. And it's in the spirit of a song by my favorite recording artist, songwriter, singer, songwriter of this decade, Joya Latakun. She kind of sums up that feeling that animates efforts like that. That if you got a problem, I got a problem too. When the light is gone And you're on your own You've been trying but the fight never goes away And you don't know when The sun will shine again All you gotta do is look my way If you got a problem I got a problem too If you're standing at the bottom I'll reach out
If you got a problem, I'll reach out for you. Will you join me in nominating that song to be the lean on me of this century, Joy Ladakun? Got a problem? I got a problem too. If you're at the bottom, reach out to you. It's got the same kind of sly, rhythmic thing going on subtly that gave the extra oomph and heart to both the that Bill Withers song and that song. Maybe that's, that's my take on if you got a problem, the, I got a problem too. The animating spirit between some of the great work that goes on in our community, including uh, Jamila Rashid at the pop-up food pantry on Howard Avenue. You listen to the headlines of Baselines, WHHFM. Here's a headline of another great uh, story Laura Gillespie wrote. I do really like reading the stories of the Independent and this and the fact that I work there. One of them was Students Grill Senator, and it wasn't a barbecue. It was Senator Dick Blumenthal visited Morris Sheridan, where a lot of political visitors and other prominent people come to meet with kids through a program there, Sean Hardy. And he was going to read a book, but Lauren Bitterman's fifth graders hit him with so many good questions that uh, I thought it was great. And one thing was like, what are you going to do if Trump gets back in? And he said, well, I can't quit. I thought that was a good question, a good answer. He says, I'll, I'll work with people on stuff I agree with, even if I come from opposite sides of the aisle. For instance, some of the internet corporate regulation stuff, he unites with Josh Hawley and otherwise a MAGA and sincere fake soldier guy with his fist raised to the January 6th crowd, even though he's a Yale law school grad who's very much an elitist. Sorry about that diatribe there. And another thing they asked, Blumenthal was like, why? Did you always want to be center? What do you want to do? And he said, I want to be a baseball player as a kid, but I was no good, so I couldn't be that. But I really think the answer is that he, you know, Blumenthal, better or worse. And by the way, it's too easy to say politicians all suck, and it's like a cynical game. It is cynical often politics, but a lot of people go into it because they want to make the world a better place. They think it's making laws matters, hashing out differences matters, trying to regulate government matters to have it work for people. And most people are a mix, right, of sometimes they'll do shady ducking issues or say things they don't really believe because they want to get elected and sometimes because they want personal power other times they fool themselves into thinking their own advancement is so important that hypocrisy is just the price you pay for a better good but it's always mixed also i think in most of the people with a basic desire to do good and be part of a world that where people work together to lift everybody up so in any case you know blumenthal has spent his whole life since the 80s as a state legislator then running for attorney general 90 just day and night going everywhere i mean the guy's in his late 70s i think and you know he'll fly to ukraine and the next morning being in connecticut at public events the next night in washington voting on something i mean i couldn't keep that kind of schedule the guy's just tireless he used to go to every ward committee in in uh connecticut when he'd run for office and try to remember everybody's name he's pretty good at it so i would say the real answer to that question is the one that jackson five gave when they covered the Isley Brothers, the song, you know, it's just, you know, Dick Blumenthal, being in politics for better or worse, it's your thing.
It's your thing, Dick Blumenthal, and that's okay. Do your thing. We're talking here at Datelines and I wonder what that ringing is. Oh, that was outside the studio. Here at Headlines and Baselines, Dateline New Haven, WNHHFM. Here was a headline that uh, was our extras column. We were talking earlier about hunger. People don't notice. Two crashes kill two people in five hours. Two crashes kill two people in five hours. Their names were Roberto Cordova and Dennis Eaton. And just like hunger is a reality that then gets worse and worse in our community, we don't notice it day to day or we go on with our lives. You know, sometimes you can't think about everything. The day-to-day carnage on our roads is stunning. And, you know, unless it's someone you lost, you know, you know someone who lost their life close to you or you happen to watch some smash up in the cars and the same might notice it for a few minutes. It just goes out. We have traffic commerce, they're called. They're not always very calm about it who do care about this issue and state rep Roland Lamar passed some laws to make it better. But you know, we spend a lot of money and time at the Boulevard in Washington on the Boulevard. And that's a death road after all that time. And yet another person this week, six, 70 year old Dennis Eaton, a pedestrian mowed down by a hit and run driver. Wasn't paying attention. Who knows? Going too fast. Wasn't such a rush in somebody else's life. As Marie Knight sang in her classic album tribute to Reverend Gary Davis on New Haven Road's death, don't have no mercy. Yeah. 
to any family in this land. Said he never, never, never takes a vacation in this land. In this land He'll come to your house Won't stay very long While you look in the bed And your mother is gone Takes a vacation in this land. Death don't take a vacation in this land, especially on New Haven streets like the Boulevard Marine Night from her powerful 2007 tribute to Reverend Gary Davis, Let Us Together, Get Us Together, Let Us Get Together, excuse me singing that one thanks for joining me again today sorry to be leaving that kind of down note let's go back up for a minute there's so many good things happen in our community and so many important things we got to pay attention to to make it better i feel lucky to live here I feel lucky to be hosting headlines and baselines on wnhhfm working with harry dros the number one station manager and producer in our multiverse we're going to take it out with the afro-semitic experience performing I Wish I Knew How It Would Feel to Be Free from the group CD, A Plea for Peace. This is Paul Bass inviting you to fly free with us all day, all night, and all weekend long on WNHH, New Haven's home for community radio. (laughs) 